So this whole series on hosting his presence, such an impactful and powerful um, series, would you, would you agree? Um, this morning, I'm going to focus on Jesus's baptism. That's where I really want to hone in um, with this. So before we jump in, um, we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit. Um, and I know our church here because I have an amazing church. We have an amazing, amazing church here. Great people, uh, great staff, uh, great leaders. So I know none of us here, but anybody watching online that's new, that's not familiar with that, um, we're going to talk about the Spirit of God. We're going to talk about the Holy Spirit. And I just don't want us to be weird about it or offended by it um, because sometimes we grew up in a, in a day and age where um, the Spirit was talked about in a different way maybe than um, than maybe what the Bible says or than what we believe now. So I love what Nate said. It's not my words, it's just what the Bible says. Um, so that's what I want to focus on. So Father, would you be over today's message, God? God, nothing that I prepared but your words through me, Lord Jesus, would you anoint this message, God? Would you be in the hearts of your people who are hearing here or online, God? Would you speak to us, Lord Jesus? Holy Spirit, would you convict us in, in, in the areas of our life that needs changing? Because Father, we are imperfect people walking with the perfect Jesus. So Father, we love you, we honor you in Jesus' name, amen. So Mark 1, 9 through 11 says this. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and he was baptized by John in the Jordan River. And when he came up out of the water, immediately he saw the heavens being torn open and the spirit descending on him like a dove. A voice came from heaven, you are my beloved son, with you I am well pleased. The title of today is Releasing the Dove. What does that mean, to release the dove? Meaning we need to release the spirit of God in us. In us. Not around us, not through someone else, but in us. The works that Jesus did and more, that's why. So we could do that. The works that Jesus did and more. Not my words, but his. John 14, 12 says, truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the things that I do. And greater works than these he will do because I'm going to the Father. When I read that, I stumbled over that verse a thousand times. It's like Michael Jordan coming over to me and going, you can do exactly what I did. It's going to be perfectly fine. What? It's not, I don't think it's that easy. So when I read this, I'm like, Jesus, I don't think Jesus, I, I often find that we find ourselves having to talk with Jesus as it, Moses did with the bush. Like, I think you got the wrong person. You're the smartest person who ever lived, God. But here's where you got it wrong. So I read this and I'm like, Jesus, what do you mean I could do? It's, I'm just stumbling over doing what you did. I don't even know how to do that. And then to do greater works than that, like, what are you talking about? So how can we, church? River of life, how can we do what, what Jesus did and more? How can we release the dove? You know, Jesus doesn't always tell us what to pursue. Would you agree? Amen. There's no owner's manual, right? There's no manuscript to go by. Husbands, we, you know what we're talking about. We don't read no instructions at all. That's, that's why the counter keeps falling apart. You know? it's, there, it's, it's the manufacturer's fault. You know, but Jesus, he never tells us what to pursue. Some things only become a part of our lives because we see the ways of God and then we pursue accordingly. You know, one of the examples I, I thought of when I was writing this message is, is nowhere in scripture does it say we receive healing by touching his garments. Can't find it. Where it says, if you just walked up and touched Jesus's his towel, you know, or, or, or his hat or his 
whatever, whatever item that he had on his sandals that you would, you, you would just experience healing. But the people in those days observed the very nature of God working through Jesus. And they responded in a way that they saw available and partnered that with faith and boom, a miracle happened. Discovering his ways is the invitation to grow deeper in your walk with him. It allows Jesus to reveal his nature uh, to us through moving of the Holy Spirit. He will often leave us without command, right? Also, he will often leave us without instruction. Instead, he longs to discover what is actually in our hearts. As it's in our nature of our hearts and love to always respond to the open door of encounter. Out of love is how often you find yourself walking through the open door of encounter. Thus, the bleeding woman had such an intimate moment with God prior to Jesus walking up that led her to touch his garment to be healed. It's good. Such an intimate relationship with God, such a longing for healing and change in her life before Jesus came on the scene, that as he's walking now, she's contemplating in her hand, how can I break through the crowd and have an intimate relationship with the man? So much so that it must be so much powerful that if I touch the hem of his garments, I will be healed. Keyword led. While studying for this, uh, this message, I, I dove into the, the time with Jesus and his disciples, and I noticed this. The Holy Spirit did not live in the disciples. Might be a little appealing to some of you. He did not live in the disciples until they were born again. And that couldn't happen until Jesus died and rose again. Don't miss what I'm saying now. Just because he wasn't living in the 12 in that moment doesn't mean he wasn't with the 12. Just because you haven't been baptized in the Holy Spirit yet doesn't mean the Holy Spirit isn't with you. We, we just got to figure out how he can be in you. That's, that's what all this is about. Hosting his presence. John 14, 17 says this. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him. For he dwells with you, someone say with you, dwells with you, and sometimes just read, I tell, my, I tell our students, read scripture, read it, and then read it again, and then slow down and read it again. Because he says, for he dwells with you and will be in you. And will be in you. Not yet, but will be. Will be. You see, while Jesus was on earth teaching the disciples and performing miracles and equipping them, educating them, um, breaking bread with them, all the while that's going on, they were developing the disciples a relationship with the Spirit that they may not have known yet, or, or maybe they barely knew, but they had a measure of relationship with the Spirit before they were born again. Sometimes you don't get to know a person until you work with them. At first glance, Pastor Jake seemed great. <laughs> I can't wait to like I preach one time when he's actually here, because then I gotta be nice and right. At first, great. Uh, at first glance, he was great, you know. And then I developed a relationship with him, and now I draw the conclusion he's crazy. Because not only am I still employed here, but 
he preached off the stage last week that the Vikings were going to win whatever. Like, and that's just delusional to me. I, right. I mean, seven rings, but, you know, we're not going to get into that. But just crazy. But I think that's, I think that's what the, the, the scene that Jesus was creating for his disciples is that they would develop a relationship with the Holy Spirit in ministry before his death. So that then his resurrection will send forth a spirit that would create such a movement that placed you and I here today. Right? It's not me. This is all God. So that his resurrection will send forth a spirit that will create such a movement that placed you and I here today. The Holy Spirit wants such a relationship with you today and for the rest of your life that will set up a better life for your future offspring. That's the relationship the Holy Spirit wants with you. John 16, 7 says, however, I'm telling you the truth. It's good for you that I'm going away. But if I don't go away, the helper won't come to you. But if I go, I will send him. Jesus desires us to have an upgrade. So good, Ethan. An upgrade, why? Because whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do and greater works than this. Because I'm going to the Father. Jesus' death and resurrection sets up an encounter with the Spirit or should set up an encounter with the Spirit that both the people of Jesus' day and today would become the dwelling place of God on earth. I want God to dwell and inhabit my life. That's my desire. That he would release the dove in me to do what? To do the works of Jesus. That's why I do what I do. Not for my own joy or benefit. I would have had a blast being a cop. I always think about that. Me and Matt, I'm way faster than Matt, so I'd be tackling all the bad guys. Then I'd be like, clean it up. You know, and he would just handcuff them, put them in the cop car. I'll be Batman, he'd be Robin. I often think about that a lot. Can't wait to sign up for a ride along. We're going to have so much fun. He's going to get fired, so I apologize. But I long for that. I long for that in my kids. That the spirit will inhabit us, be the dwelling place in us, that God would be here on earth. I mean, that was the whole thing. Jesus, where are you going to set up your temple? Where, where's this kingdom going to be? Here? Shocker. News alert here. You know, in the Bible, it says that Jesus gave commission to 70 disciples in Luke 10. He sent them out in pairs to their hometowns. Luke 10, 4 through 6 says this. Don't take any money with you, nor a traveler's bag. Now, even an extra pair of sandals. He didn't send them with marching orders, with instructions. He just sent them out two by two. There wasn't a go to BJ's house because she's great and she cooks really well and bakes really great and she's going to take care of you. There wasn't a, hey, make sure you take this umbrella because it's raining cat and dogs like crazy the last couple of days. There wasn't a, hey, make sure you go check out this hotel because it's the best one for you. Nope. It was, hey, when you go on this trip, don't take anything with you. Here's a kiss. Here's the door. One thing I know for sure as a parent, and, and some of you can contest to this if your parents, is we try to take every step uh, of care with our kids. We solve their problems before they have it. My daughter just doesn't understand that yet. I'm always like, don't do this because this happens. 
or just do this because this will happen. We always just try to take, take so much care of them. Not Jesus, him in that moment, he sent them out intentionally way over their heads. I feel like that sometimes. With questions, I'm sure. Do you know what my daughter's face would be like if she woke up at 18, came up the stairs for breakfast, luggage is packed by the door, all nice and neatly, and she's like, where are we going on vacation? Nope. You're 18, you're free now. You're so grown. You get to be that big girl you've always wanted to be. Be crazy. No, but for real, Jesus said, don't take anything. But here's the thing. They were sent in pairs because when they would encounter situations that they didn't know how to handle, when they would encounter situations that seemed far more than they could handle, they would need to rely on each other. They would need to develop a sense of direction of the spirit of God as a team. The goal wasn't for them to have an amazing home church as well. Some of them have. They had some powerful ones. It was, it was to go out and live a life that wasn't for themselves. The goal was for them to learn to work with the Holy Spirit who is in them and with them. With them and in them. Jesus is more interested in connecting you to the process of hosting his presence more than just meeting here on Sundays. Sometimes it seems like a banging clown, right? Just that's all we talk about. But I think we're comfortable sometimes sitting here. It's easy. He's more interested in connecting you with the process of hosting his presence more than just meeting here on Sundays. What does it look like if we can create a place where people can learn to host this presence so the Spirit of God can rest in you. Many lessons can learn, we can learn from, from only happening with serving others. I've learned so much and grown so much in these past seven, eight years of ministry uh, that I've gone through because I've gone through it with other believers. Jesus didn't send us the Spirit so we can feel good and all mushy inside. He sent it to us so we can provide an opportunity for other people to feel mushy inside. People who don't know that feeling of comfort and love. So much of what we do out of ministry can come uh, out to be just principles instead of presence. Meaning we'll do things out of routine instead of out of being led. Instead of seeking him in new ways. Sometimes I feel like we're only interested in learning about the Holy Spirit and all that he can do. But not in ways that we can have the spirit inhabit us. And dwell in us. When we, when we reduce the joy of knowing God, learning to trust him, learning to listen and discern his voice, when we reduce the thought of learning to just church stories and things that used to happen, instead of breaking through of things that can still happen, we cheapen the journey. These aren't just Bible stories we read. This is real encounters. We had a real encounter at, at, at summer camp that shocked our students. But that's, that's real. That's what happens. These are stories in the Bible for a reason. People who are blind do get to see. People who are paralyzed do get to walk. People do, that do have cancer get healed. People who are possessed by evil spirits, they do get casted out. That's, that's real. 
That's a real life encounter that happens all over the world today. But when we reduce those to just stories, we cheapen the journey. Those who, desire, those who desire principle above presence seek a kingdom without a king. We can get keys or music playing in the back. It doesn't matter. Either one. We are not designed and created to do one thing. You're not created that way. Adam did it for a short time and it didn't work for him. He needed somebody. He needed somebody to to walk with him. We weren't designed and created to do one thing. We're created to do life together. The disciples um, disciples and you both have done some amazing things. A lot of us are killing it in our walk of Jesus and there's no but that follows that. It's trying to get our other brothers and sisters to get on board with the same thing. But when Jesus ascended, he sent the spirit and then something shifted. Something shifts in you when you learn to allow the spirit to guide you through your thoughts and actions. Here's what I believe that God God longs for. He wants our hearts. And while there are many examples of, of giving our hearts to God, I'm talking about a surrendered heart. A heart that trusts him. Remember, without faith, it's impossible to please God. So a surrendered heart is a heart that trusts God wholeheartedly. There was something in this message I want you to get into this next part. To honor God, we must live in such a way that unless God shows up, what we are attempting to do is bound to fail. Right, BJ? So good. To honor God, we must live in such a way that unless God shows up, what we are doing is bound to fail. Thinking of that brings me to me and my family just moving here. I was making a lot, we were making a lot of money, Rachel and I. Like, a lot of money. Like 100K, a lot of money. For a young couple. With a house mortgage, Habitat, freshly built house. My mortgage was $600. Her family lived there. Westland was on the way. Things were good, really good. Safety net, families around, friends, home church, everything was great. And then we left it all to come here. Why? Isn't that the very nature of Jesus's walk on earth is to make believers believe? So good to make believers believe. We are commissioned, someone say commission, and to his assignments, his assignments. He said, go into the city and find a place to stay. Don't bring money, don't bring clothes or anything that can provide you a, a false sense of comfort for some time. Don't do it. Make yourself vulnerable, Lupe. Make yourself vulnerable, church. And your abandonment to my purposes. So that unless I show up, so good. So that unless I show up and direct it, it won't work. That's for somebody today. Make yourself vulnerable. Be open. Step out. So that way, unless God shows up, it's not going to work. 
Zechariah 4, 6, not, not by might or by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. I get it, you don't seem equipped. You, you don't know how to run lights. Running slides scares you. Run a camera, Lupe, like, do you see my Instagram? Like, it's just not it. Help with kids ministry? No way. Students? Yeah, right. Show it to a time to revive? I'm not talking to strangers. I'm not equipped. So many reasons. You know, God doesn't call the qualified. That'd be easy. He, he qualifies the ones that he calls. That's what's special about Jesus. Praise God, because when you start stepping out, and you see smiles on kids' faces and smiles on students' faces and you, you witness people you've been pouring into get baptized and filled with the Holy Spirit and a transition in their life happens or a whole family gets saved, praise God that you weren't equipped for that because then the only person you could point to is God. But not by your power, not by your might, but by the Spirit. We need to be asking God, how can we have that encounter with the Holy Spirit? How can we be baptized in that? Peter knew who Jesus was. He walked with Jesus. He knew who God was. But Peter was comfortable with Jesus. He was safe and secure around Jesus. Everything was, was fine. He was learning. He was able to, to just do things with God. Jesus was doing it all. He was doing a little bit. But the minute that, that Jesus was taken from his presence and arrested, the minute that we feel that God has left us or been taken away from us, key word, we think that happens, then we get to denying God. What do you mean denying God, Lupe? Like I'm here every Sunday. Denying what God has called you to do. Go out into your city two by twos. Nowhere in, the, nowhere in the Bible does it say pastors do that or teachers. You, this is what's so cool about my job is you can never look at me and say, that's your job, Lupe. Nope. It's our job. It's my job and your job. Denying God. Or maybe you're just not like Peter. Maybe you're just hosting the no campaign. <laughs> nope. That was me that night when Jesus told me to be a pastor at camp. Nope. You tell my wife. Not happening. We're not ready to serve our church. We don't, I don't do well with speaking to people. I, I don't do well making coffee. I, I can't make coffee. I don't know what that is. I, I can't. We're confined to our safety nets. And I want to be able to look at people who go from living a tivin life to living in, in a comfortable life to living a life like Peter after he was filled with the Holy Spirit. I told pastor in my office, we were talking about this, Peter's name change should have happened during that moment. Because that wasn't the Peter from months ago who denied Christ by a fire three times. This Peter that was filled with the Holy Spirit was a man on a mission. Peter was there sitting and he was awaiting the spirit and he longed from the gift of God that, that Jesus promised them before he ascended after the 40 days. And on that day of Pentecost, he took the dove and he allowed it to be just not no longer around him, 
but in him. He allowed the spirit to take the will and give uh, a guidance to him to a place of a yes campaign. Yes to more Jesus. Yes to more spirit. Yes to more living like Christ. He went from I don't know him to he lives here. Went from I don't know who this man is to being crucified on the cross for him. So I want to allow you the opportunity today to just say yes. Ask God for the more. And while you're awaiting the spirit, because that's what we should all desire to do, is await the spirit of God to move in us so we can start doing what Jesus has called us to do, the things that he's done. So that table's out there, that paper's out there, it's blank, it's ready for names to be written all over it. No one's asking for a thousand things from you guys. Jesus is just asking for you to surrender to him. Trust. So with our head bowed and our eyes closed, Father, would you open up the hearts of my brothers and sisters here, God? Father, for the person of, that's here who doesn't know who you are, who's never got to experience that encounter with you, Lord, would you make yourself so real to them? So church, if you're here for the first time and you've never given your life to Jesus, you have that opportunity now. Would you raise your hand if you want an encounter with the man who loves you so dearly? Thank you. Father, for that hand that went up, we thank you, God. We rejoice, Lord Jesus. Would you show them how real you are, God? A father who's not mad at us, but madly in love with us, would you show us what you have for us? Forgive them of their sins. Open up their hearts to be more of you. For those who have been sitting here and you've been comfortable in that walk, you've been denying God. Maybe it's online. Would the Spirit begin to convict you? Not condemn, but convict, because we should desire to come into these doors and leave challenged and changed. Would you show them, God? Would you allow them to step out? Would you open up their hearts that they would step out and sign up for one of the many things they can do in this church? I don't care if it's uh, uh, once a month or, or every week, Lord Jesus. Would you show them, God, the purposes that they have? And just a step of faith. I mean, I, I'm not gonna see every name written on there. I probably won't even see that list, to be honest with you. But if you're here in, in a step of faith and boldness and you would love to say yes, yes to more Jesus, yes to, yes to the spirit, and yes to stepping out in faith, would you raise your hand for that, if that's you? Thank you, thank you. So God, for, the, for those who raise their hand, God, thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, thank you, thank you for saying yes to us first so we have the ability to say yes back. God, and what we do, God, doesn't go in vain. It just sets up for future generations, God. So we thank you, we love you, we honor you. In Jesus' name, amen.